Travelwise with Phil Blizzard. News, views and interviews. It's a pleasure now talking to Ronan Rees-Evans, who's the chairman of Midwell's Tourism. So uh, tell us about the conference. Yes, great to be back. Um, the second conference, um, well, we have one every two years if we can, so this is the second one since COVID. Uh, it's great to see so many people here, you know, members and sponsors and exhibitors, and it's great because obviously we, we pull these people in from Midwales, but bring people from outside then to come and speak to us and give us the insights of what's happening in the tourism industry. And what is the main focus of this event? Yeah, I think uh, we, we're at... <laughs> I think the, the industry, like a lot of things within the country over the last two years, has sort of been shell-shocked with cost of living crisis, interest rates, you know, and, 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 and the likes. And, and we just wanted to put things in, in the conference today to show where we're going, where's the industry at the moment, and what can we look at to see what can develop in the coming years to help us all uh, in, in these tough times. And the range of speakers have been some interesting <coughs> topics this morning. It's lunch break at the moment, you're enjoying yeah, your lunch, yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> from sort of how to attract international visitors through yeah. to uh, practical aspects and operations. Yeah, I think, I think you, you know, the industry is quite wide and diverse in a lot of things, and the type of person you're trying to attract, yeah. and you know, not, not everyone who's attracted would go to a hotel or to a caravan park. They, there is a choice and a, a, enough of a choice out there for all, all people. But I think the, um, the industry or today's um, conference is, is more about, look, this is what's available, this is what's out there, this is where the industry is going and what's on offer and we, are we buying into it and if not, why not? And if it is good we should be uh, looking yeah. to buy into it. And in terms of challenges, I'll be talking to some of your colleagues about that a bit later mm. on so we'll have an insight yeah. into that. But in terms of the attendees, it seems to be, well, it's jam-packed isn't yeah, it? Yeah, jam-packed. We normally get a full house here and uh, which is great because the people who come here are the leaders in the industry, the people who've got the best places to come and stay and see. And Midwales a fantastic place um, you know right across from the sea from up to the mountains we've got everything and you know we talk about health and well-being this is the place to get it and this is the place to enjoy well you've been involved with the travel and tourism industry for a long long time mm. from various perspectives what keeps your interest and your passion um, I think Steve Houston mentioned it. I probably missed the meeting and became chairman, and that was it. No, no. I, I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm a big part of in in um, in the industry, and I've been, you know, we've been over 30 plus years. Our family business has been over 50 years. So, wow. you know, it's 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 something. It's in my blood. Uh, it's, it's in, in the blood. blood. You, it is. In your it DNA. Is. Well, thank you very much for talking to us, and uh, I look you. forward to talking to some more of your colleagues later yep. on this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. News, views, and interviews. So as the conference continues, we're talking now with the, well, we're looking at the Welsh Tourism Alliance and I have the pleasure of talking to Susie Davis, who's the Alliance Chairman. So first of all, let's find out a bit about the Alliance, its role and, and key activities. Oh, well, uh, the Wales Tourism Alliance was formed more or less the same time that the Wales Tourist Board disappeared and those responsibilities were taken into Welsh Government. And the industry as a whole thought it still needed uh, an outside voice that represented them independently of government, which is effectively um, the core purpose of the Wales Tourism Alliance, although it does do other things right, as well. Okay. So um, over the years, it's, it's changed a fair bit. It no longer has any um, Welsh Government uh, funding, although we get good support from uh, Visit Wales when it comes to the Wales Tourism Week and indeed they've actually helped with uh, some of the research work as well in the past but it is an independent body representing all sectors of the tourism industry across the whole of Wales. So all sectors across the entire yeah. country of yeah. Wales. Um, when it comes to membership who 
are the key members? Well, our members are, we're an umbrella organisation, which means that the the membership organisations themselves are the big meaty operators, if you like. They're the the, the feet on the ground and we give them, um, or work with them, I should say, uh, to help give a voice. So that'll be um, organisations like Midwills Tourism, um, who have been sterling members of the WTA since the beginning of time, um, and the other DMOs, uh, major DMOs in Wales, along with... Uh, a space in Wales for those national organisations representing bodies like self-catering and camping and caravanning and so, so on. When you say you give a voice to the various members and different sectors, mm. what is that voice saying at the moment in these times, in, you know, t- t- towards the end of 2023? Well, the important point to start on that is, of course, is that it's a united voice. Um, People don't agree on absolutely everything, but one of the things WTA does is distill the, the major arguments that need to be taken to various governments. Uh, it's Welsh, obviously, and when it comes to the UK government, it's things like VAT, we are sure. still going on and business rates, uh, which of course are devolved in Wales. So uh, when we're talking to Welsh government, it is the 182-day rule, tourism tax, uh, statutory registration, business rates, and, and some, uh, uh, things like these, the school year that have now risen up uh, the, uh, I should say, the ladder of Welsh Government's own priorities. But there things, are other things yeah, as well. A few things there. The 182 day rule. Yeah. Elaborate on that for us. Uh, well, for some time, the, the industry and Welsh Government agreed that the current system for um, deciding who pays business rates and who pays council tax within the self-catering market mm. did need looking at because uh, the threshold for paying business rates was, was set too low and it was very easy for people to buy second home, rent out a few yeah. weeks, become um, eligible for business rates and then not actually pay anything because um, of their rateable value. Uh, And that was not good for competition with bona fide self-catering operators who probably did pay business rates but were paying them and contributing to uh, the local economy in different ways with jobs and so forth. So is it a matter of uh, levelling off the playing field really? It was partly to do that. Um, There's no objection within the tourism industry to paying fair taxes at all. But um, even though there was a consultation on this, uh, the industry said, well, you know, let's go for 105 days. That's what HMRC says. Scotland, a similar situation is about 140 days. Space for compromise in there somewhere. Welsh Government went straight in at 182 days, totally unprecedented not supported by anybody in the consultation bar nine people out of hundreds and we've been stuck with this in a very uncompromising intransigent uh, situation ever since so 182 days is a huge number of days isn't it? Uh, well government likes to characterize it as six months and say no business if you're not doing six months worth of business you're not a business it's a complete lack of understanding about how self-catering works. And I'm, I'd be delighted if Welsh Government could tell me who's going to pitch up for two days in the, wet, in the middle of a wet February week <laughs> to make up these days. Yeah, it's a, it's sure. a, 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 or a wet November day, like today. Wet November day. So um, in, in hot spots in Wales, tourism hot spots, and some businesses who have really got the time and effort to invest in, uh, in marketing their property, they are reaching one day, two days. And always have. But um, the latest intel that we've had is that about 50% of them will not make 182 days in in the existing year. So it's a bit of a key challenge by the sound of it for a lot of uh, those involved in tourism. What are the other key challenges for you in which you're sort of putting a voice to? 
So um, one of the things that we, we're pleased to see that there's pro you can see the voice of the industry reflected in how policies are unfolding is statutory licensing, which in fact is now statutory registration. It is not going to be the horror story that we've seen up in Scotland, which is just going to sweep out so much um, supply in the, in the holiday let market. Uh, there's the work that's already been done on tourism tax. The very fact that statutory registration is now coming before that doesn't mean we've necessarily got rid of tourism tax, but it doesn't mean it's as easy as Welsh Government thought. And of course the school year um, we've already been successful in making sure that any changes, which is just about to be is just starting to be consulted on, will not move holiday periods into the part of the year after the clocks go back. Right. With those various aspects, I'm thinking as perhaps as a perspective of an entrepreneur who wants to go into, yeah, might have a passion for travel and tourism. Mm -hmm. Seems to be a lot of red tape. Well, there is, I'm not going to deny there are challenges here, and one of them is that Wales is, is and indeed Scotland are seeing different challenges that are different from England. So it's very uh, difficult for people to have the whole picture of everywhere sure. before they decide where to invest. But I would say to anyone who is thinking of coming to Wales, there is plenty of space for investment. There is a, a huge amount of capacity for more tourism here in Wales, which it just needs to be designed better so that everybody goes just to the, the top 10 Daily Express bucket list then. <laughs> yeah. so. And looking at the organisation, what are the real benefits for individual companies and organisations to join the WTA? Well, all our members are busy doing their own work and uh, many of them actually have their own, uh, what should we call it, public affairs presence, which means that they, they can go to government themselves. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't deny that and I hope they do it as often as they can. But they, what the unique position of the WTA is that it's cross-sector and cross-Wales. So when we are speaking, we are speaking for all these sectors and all these participants. It's not just um, an interest group making their point. So that means not everything cuts through to a WTA argument to Welsh Government. But you'd be surprised how much does, because even when people are working in different sectors, they recognise they're part of an ecosystem. And if one is under attack, they all suffer. Right. Okay, let's finish off and give us details of pe four people who might want to join the WTA. How can they get more information and join the organisation? Oh, well, we, ha we have, of course, the dreaded website, which is wta.org.uk. Um, so for, for the basic information, um, you can uh, get hold of us through that. But otherwise, it's pretty easy. It's just um, Susie, S-U-Z-Y, okay. at wta.org.uk. Go to that W, as you say, the <laughs> dreaded website. Is it the website address which is dreaded? Well, I mean, it's a good place for anyone to start, yeah, isn't it? And yes. um, we are on um, what was Twitter as well, X. So you can find X. us there. Yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, one more thing. Future events, activities. Have you got any plans? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, we have a very modest budget, but because of um, concerns that have been brewing for some time now about how the industry and Welsh Government in particular engage with each other and how partnership working, what that really looks like, um, we're holding a symposium in early January um, for... A, a sort of in-depth discussion on that. So it's not a conference in the in the usual sense. This is about getting some meat on the bone of what industry wants out of any changes to the relationship with Welsh Government, which uh, structural changes, which they are thinking about at the moment. So again, that's been another you know plus. For, so in, details of that symposium on your website. Yeah, January okay. the tw January the twenty fifth. Okay, in, in Newtown. Okay, Newtown. Okay, yeah. just up the road. So Davis, thanks very much for joining us on Travelwise podcast. Thank you. Travelwise with Phil Blizzard. News, views and interviews. A lot of interesting topics, presentations and conversations on the stage here at the conference. Now looking at how um, 
the importance or what the importance is of getting international visitors to Wales as an entity, and in particular, mid-Wales. So, so Claire, Claire Dwight, who's uh, Visit Wales Senior Tourism Manager, um, gives a few overviews on what's going on in terms of getting overseas visitors to, to this part of Wales. So, um, thanks, Phil. Um, so, you know, we think that there's really a great opportunity for mid-Wales. In abundance, it has all of the things that international visitors are really interested in. You know, great history, heritage and culture. But combining that with the great outdoors and, um, you know, wonderful food, drink and the warmth of welcome. And that, that really is what international visitors are really interested in. And, you know, obviously the pandemic... Um, Inbound tourism is still under what it was before the, um, the the pandemic on a UK level. Wales is a little bit behind on that, but getting there and you know the next couple of years we're expecting things to come back strongly and there is a real opportunity to attract more international visitors, particularly into mid-Wales. So at the moment, what are the main source markets for those visitors? Um, so very much the US is really important, Germany um, and France um, in particular, um, you know, continental Europe. Um, but yeah, the, the US in particular has come back very, very strong since the pandemic and seeing lots of interest. This is a trade event and you've got people from right across the spectrum of uh, suppliers and activities, adventure parks um, attending. So what sort of message are you putting out to them in the way you can assist them to get more visitors to, to their uh, uh, services? So um, three main things we've been talking about today. So one is the opportunity through tour operators because um, there's a whole industry out there that, that goes on sort of largely unseen um, but already a, a, you know, a big number of tour operators coming into the Midwells region but definitely opportunities for more and there's an appetite out there for that which is great. Um, We've also been talking about um, the opportunities to engage with the media, uh, both in this country, you know, um, the, 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 the big newspapers that you, you would know and recognise, and, um, you know, the international markets and all of their media, and we, we do a lot to engage with them. And then Tourism Exchange Great Britain, TXGB, which is a digital marketplace, mm. and there's great opportunities through that for all kinds of businesses. That's uh, relatively new, isn't it? It seems fascinating and a big tool for... For, for people running, say, uh, I don't know, Airbnb, uh, uh, yeah, a cottage or whatever, isn't it? A absolutely, it's um, you know a brilliant platform for any kind of business, and also um, for event organisers and also destinations that you know want to um, help. Yeah. put businesses into into the marketplace and your colleague rob uh, jones who deals with uh, international media came up with a few points things perhaps a lot of people wouldn't think of you know that you know in their uh, cottage they've changed the, the linen to locally sourced uh, and uh, sustainable linen for example stories like that a lot of things and, and historical interests and interests Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think anything that's demonstrating how the industry is becoming more sustainable, that 
you know, is really, really interesting to the media and then to the end customers because they are starting to really look at that more. Um, but yeah, you know, and as you say, that authenticity, the authentic experience that you have in Wales and especially in Mid Wales is, is one of the key things to celebrate and to, you know, tell a story of. It's a bit of a struggle coming back after COVID. So how do you see 2024 looking? Hearing talks of a bit of a bounce back because not so much, uh, so many holidays have been taken this year. Yeah, and you know we're we're really optimistic, particularly on the international markets because of the, the levels of interest that we're we're seeing from those source markets and, and where that's likely to be. Claire, thanks very much indeed for talking to us. Deal, Kavara. Thank you. Thanks. Travel Wise with Phil Blizzard. News, views, and interviews. Well, moving on to events now, and a fascinating uh, presentation from someone who's very involved with events, Steve Hewson, who's chairman of Mid Wales Regional Forum and the Event Wales Advisory Group. So, thanks for joining us. So, My pleasure. Events in Wales, I mean, we, we know, uh, well, I know quite a few, like the Hay Festival, uh, the Welsh Show at Dilf Wales, uh, the Green Man Festival, just a few, and, and, and a huge number of sporting events, of course. So, how important is it to the tourism and hospitality sector? Well, absolutely massive. I mean, there's a, there's a number of, I suppose, areas which in with uh, where events sit. So, the sporting events are huge in Wales, and we've yeah. seen you know the Champions League and other things. And we, we re- recently secured the Euros in 2028, but also other sporting events like Ironman and bring huge amount of numbers to, of people to places like Tembe. Business events is another area that we're really keen to promote. That took a bit of a uh, dive sure. during COVID, but that, that's really starting to come back together as people are realising the benefit of, of coming face-to-face. And the large one is our arts, culture and live events. And you mentioned the Hay Festival, you mentioned the Royal Welsh Show, Royal Welsh Winter Fair is on Monday, Tuesday next week. And there's a whole range of events at venues like the Royal Welsh Showground throughout the whole of the year. So what I'm very keen to promote here is not just the events themselves, but the synergy between events, the wider tourism, leisure, hospitality sector, and also promoting Wales, its culture, its language, its food and drink everything coming in a a really joined up way and something like hey festival first of all i mean they take the message out to different countries with their uh, series of uh, festivals around the world so they're getting the message of wales out to different countries but also the local economy i mean you can't get a room in hay for for that time period of the hay festival in may can you so massive boost the local economy yeah absolutely and it's not just the accommodation it's the, it's the spend of the people outside the primitive defense when you mentioned hey same for Bilf wells the Royal Welsh show week I don't think you can get a bedroom within a 50 mile radius of Bilf wells during Royal Welsh show week and it's, but it's not just that it's the, the people come this their holiday f- for the whole of the year many people in the agricultural community and it's the spend that they leave it behind the local shops pubs bars restaurants you've only got to look at Bilf wells you know it's, it's still got I think 13 pubs in the high street one of the few, few towns that can sustain that amount and I think largely that's down to the input of the Royal Wells Show Week in sort of one week in the year. So the link between events and the wider tourism, leisure, hospitality uh, sector and the wider economy it is absolutely huge. So uh, the show wheel you presented at the event, I, I guess there's a link to that somewhere because it'd be nice for people listening to have a, a look at that. It was a, a great overview of the massive range of events. Yeah, it was. It was a showreel produced by Event Wales. It's hopefully on the Event Wales website, on the on, you know on the Welsh government website. 
And it does, it showcases the, the huge range of events, uh, not just the large showcase events that you mentioned, but many, many other smaller events. And, you know, it's certainly within the arts and culture and new events all the time. The Machantleth Comedy Festival is one that's been well established, but this year they had an Aberystwyth Comedy Festival. And the Machantleth one is very much seen as pre-Edinburgh Festival, where people can try out their acts. And the Aberystwyth one is post, so people are, you know, able to <laughs> okay, showcase their, their seasoned yeah, trial yeah. acts. All right. So I think, you know, it's developing new events all of the time and being innovative around the way we do it. So events, I mean, the big events are very demanding on all aspects from supplies to manpower at those events. What are the biggest challenges at the moment? I think cost. Ultimately, I mean, I speak as an ex-chief executive of the Royal Welsh Agricultural Society, the Royal Welsh Show. The problem you have at the moment is the costs are going through the roof. Contracts, energy contracts, you know, track intended, security, all the sort of traffic management, all the sort of major, major contracts are huge. Waste management is another one. We've heard of changes today to waste management, more rules, regulations, getting rid of plastics. All of these things are great, but they bring additional costs. So the increasing cost of putting on an event is significant, probably around 25-30% increase. And yet you can't put that money on your ticket price because people get really sensitive around another pound on a ticket price. So the, the difference between income and expenditure is narrowing, which means that businesses are becoming more uh, challenged when it comes to their profitability. Yeah. So talking of events, this is a travel tourism trade event. How important is this to, to the industry? Oh, absolutely huge. We've just seen, uh, had a round of the four Visit Wales roadshows in the four regions of Wales, and now Mid Wales Tourism have done their conference. And you can see by the numbers here today how important it is. The engagement is huge. The trade stands that are here to support it are really, really important to see the supply chain issues. And I just guess by the engagement and the number of people here, we can see how important events like this are to the sector. And another aspect, you're uh, involved with the Mid Wales travel forum yeah. <laughs> tourism this. forum yeah. tourism forum yeah yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about that organizing yeah, well, basically, it's an event which is, uh, sits underneath Visit Wales. There are four forums in Wales. There's a North Wales Forum, a Mid Wales Forum, a West Wales and a South East Wales Forum. Each have got an independent chair, and they're represented, represented by people from across the sector in those areas. We also have inputs in the forum meetings from Visit Wales, from Welsh Government, and it's an opportunity for us to hear what the issues are coming from the centre, but also for Welsh Government to get the feedback directly from the floor into you know the officials and others that come to our meetings but also then on a quarterly basis as chair i sit on the visit uh, visitor economy forum where we speak directly to ministers and senior officials around the issues so it's a it's a real opportunity to 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 communicate what welsh government are thinking to sense test it i guess in terms of giving feedback and also to make sure that ministers understand uh, what the impact of those those policy decisions are when they land on the ground is that a bit of a battle oh absolutely i mean ultimately you know what we can do is we, we've got to work with, with the Welsh Government. They've got a mandate, you know, from their manifestos and cooperation agreements and, and the other things that are quoted at us. They have an ambition to introduce a visitor levy, registration, you know, changes to the way that uh, business rate relief is applied and now school uh, school holidays and uh, even the 20 mile an hour speed limit. All of these impact on the tourism, leisure, hospitality sector. And our job is to make sure we get the message across so we can influence the policy so that it lands in, in the best way yeah, that it can. Sure. Well, thanks for very much for those insights. Fascinating talking to you and uh, no thanks for joining us here on the Travelwise podcast. Thank you for having me. Travelwise with Phil Blizzard. News, views and interviews. 
Travelwise. And if you'd like to have your own podcast, do drop me an email on philblizzardmedia at gmail.com. A Phil Blizzard radio production. Available on Apple, Amazon, Angami, Spotify, Deezer, Google, and all good podcast channels. And also now on YouTube.